Welcome back to the Change Instruction Podcast, brought to you by Manager, the email management solution developed by Arab to solve your email headaches overnight. It's Joseph here from Manager, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Louise Hoskins to discuss workplace stress within construction, covering topics such as the importance to treat mental health the same way as we treat physical health and safety, the influence of having women on construction sites, and new ways to approach management. I'll save the introductions over to you, Louise. Hi, thank you so much for having me today. So my name's Louise Hosking. I'm a long-standing health and safety professional. So I started my career a long time ago, graduated 30 years ago this year as an environmental health officer. So I worked as a regulator. I then worked um, for a while at the cooperative, which I absolutely loved that job that led to a stint working in CDM and I worked for the global property consultancy Savills as head of environmental health and safety before setting up Hosking Associates which is my health and safety consultancy and we support and help a wide range of businesses mainly small and medium-sized enterprises although we do do some projects for some bigger companies I still work quite a lot in the property sector and have the most amazing fantastic team that I'm super proud of which kind of makes me an employer as well as a health and safety professional so that has all of those challenges with it as well and the other exciting piece that's happened this year is that I've co-founded with Malcolm Staves of L'Oreal, the One Wish Coalition, and that has become an entity in the last couple of months. So um, I'm technically the director responsible for that as well. So yeah, I've got a lot going on, spinning a lot of plates. Definitely seems like it's been an exciting year for you. And um, what we can do is add in some links into the directory tools of those companies as well. Yeah, any further information. So I guess a great starting point for the episode would be how important is it to treat mental health the same as we do for physical health and health and safety? Yeah, so a few years ago now, I like hanging out with occupational psychologists because I think, you know, the way that we can influence as health and safety professionals is that we need to understand people and occupational psychologists, if we can work alongside them, um, will guide and support us. In all of that and I, I remember meeting an occupational psychologist over in Ireland a few years ago who said you know something managing um, psychological health and safety is like managing jelly and I couldn't agree more and prior to the pandemic we knew that this was important and I think we just didn't know how to do it we were managing that jelly and it was running through our fingers at at most of the time but we know this is is hugely important and as somebody once pointed out to me when people are feeling stressed or excluded and affected on a psychological level by their work it triggers the same receptors in the brain as it would for physical injury. So that makes it a health and safety issue for me. So yeah, it's hugely important and it is part of the remit that we have as occupational safety and health professionals. I couldn't agree more there. We will learn about how the impact of stress can play a role in physical health as well. But I feel like that's often ignored. So I think that definitely needs to be addressed how the mental health can also impact the physical health. 
So we also previously mentioned about how women can play a key role on construction sites in terms of stress. Could you elaborate on that, please? I think, I mean, what anybody that knows me knows that, you know, I'm supporting women coming into the health and safety profession across the board. And the reason for that is that we need to broaden our demographic as a profession. So we need diversity across everything that we do and we need all genders and and we need a mix up of people because if we have that mix up of people, we make we're going to pull on ideas and solutions from from a different skill set, if you like. And um, so it's massively important. And I think in terms of construction on International Women's Day, actually this year, I did some fantastic podcasts with Multiplex, who for the whole of the week of International women's day we're doing drop-in sessions and talking about international women's day and you know and one of their senior leaders you know summed up just having women in the construction on a construction site involved in construction work and it isn't just women there are men that have these traits as well just starts to kind of lower the temperature sometimes around certain things And they were saying how women or those with, you know, we're all on a scale, aren't we? So it's not necessarily just women. We're more likely to talk about, you know, how we're feeling and, you know, if we're not doing well and just talk through those feelings. I know for men, that's that's a much harder concept to do because, you know, we can explore the whys and wherefores, can't we? But I think traditionally young boys are told you know boys don't cry you know you've got to be tough you've that term be, of like man up yeah man up yeah. I hate that term you know you know what that means is that you know men have this burden on their shoulders that they have to be perceived in a certain way to be strong to be out there and I think by bringing women into the workplace into construction um, more than they are we start to get that diversity and that mixed up approach and there's been some great articles and stories about how that brings you know men you know they they have permission to talk about how they feel and they feel less awkward about it and and that's hugely important for men's mental health because we know that we're you know the main reason why we lose men over 45 you know middle-aged men is is through suicide we've got to stem that tide as well definitely with the rise of like suicide i think it's an issue that needs to be addressed mm-hmm. i think we've noticed as well that there's a big divide between different industries obviously construction as we can see is quite a male-dominated industry but then if we look at a lot of other industries such as teaching we have a lot more women involved in those roles and then they're a lot more empathetic and nurturing so if that can be transitioned into construction industry we might find a reduction in some kind of capacity, which would be all the better. Yeah, I think that empathy, you know, outward looking, I talk about putting the heart into health and safety. It's moving away from, you know, it's employing those listening skills, isn't it? And working alongside other people. So we still have a big public PR campaign to do in terms of health, the health and safety profession. And if we can move away from being kind of the clipboard brigade and 
people that stop things from happening to the people that actually say, well, actually, this is a better way of doing it. I think that we'll start to change that perception of what we do as well. So we'll be seen as enablers rather than people that hold industry back in what they're doing. So those skills of, you know, I I don't call them soft skills, Joseph. I call them power skills. Hashtag power skills all around listening and empathy and collaboration and cooperation for me leads to innovation and we're at a point in time where we can really hone those skills in everything that we're doing we're going to add value to the businesses around us and they're going to see us in a very different way yeah it's kind of like concepts if you keep doing the same thing what's broken it's going to stay broken Absolutely. When you just need to diversify and start thinking of new ways to approach it. Yeah. I think we can definitely say we've seen a change in the last five years to what it was like, say, the last 20 years or so. So moving on, I imagine the new style of hybrid working, if not already seen new approaches of management, we will see new approaches. Other than commanded employees, what new approaches can we see to this? So the reason why you contacted me, Joseph, was because I'd written an article about command and control in the construction industry. And think command and control has been the kind of easy go-to for everybody. And I think that during the pandemic, that that's something that we've seen. There is a place for that when there's extreme emergency, right, this is what I want you to do. This is how I expect you to do it. And this is how I expect you to act. So there is always going to be a space for that. But actually, that doesn't last long term because the one constant right now in the world is that everything's changing and we cannot risk assess and create rules for every single perceived scenario. So we need to enhance the skills of those around us so that they can make the right risk-based choices. And we're not going to do that via a command control leadership style because, you know, people are fallible. If we give them such a massive set of rules, at some point, they're not going to be able to follow all of those rules. And so often we create rules. Those on the ground, you know, we think that's a great rule. This is a massively good idea. But actually the guys on the ground are saying this is impossible. So they're going to make decisions for themselves about what they feel is the right way to do things. So if we can actually change our leadership styles, think more about servant leadership and listen more, collaborate more, work with them, work with all levels in a different way, we're going to have a better safety outcome. Yeah, it definitely makes sense there. And (laughs) actually, the other thing that I'll say about that is, well, we're not just going to have a better safety outcome, we're going to have a better psychologically health and safety outcome. So we're talking about mental health. You know, one of the issues that we've got around mental health at the moment is people don't feel in control, they've had massive change to their work, Um, And we know these are factors that affect people's psychological health and safety. So if we can work with people in this way much more than perhaps we have done in the past, that's going to create organisations that actually are psychologically healthier for their workers as well. So it has that kind of knock-on effect. 
So I guess nowadays it's more of like management need to kind of give more trust in their employees. Yeah, think, for me, trust is everything. Yeah, I think we've definitely seen that so far with lockdown. Reapproaching that as well, I think looking more of the outcomes rather than the day by day. I think you can command someone at all you like it. If they're not getting the results, it's pointless to command. I think it's better to look at the results and outcomes of the objectives. Yeah, absolutely. With the past year, I can imagine it being very stressful for people within construction, and I can't see it getting any easier. What new approaches can leadership take for this? Well, um, I'm really interested in how leadership are adapting to all of this because, and actually, we haven't talked a massive amount about leadership in particular and, and their stress levels. We're going to be coming up to two years almost since we went into all of this. And I know personally, from my personal perspective, you know, we've got a range of customers where we support their organisational health and safety. Everyone's at a different level with their health and safety. So we were like, you know, merrily working alongside all of these different people. And then all of a sudden, everybody wanted everything at exactly the same time to enable them in many cases to keep trading whilst we had a pandemic. I remember we had no vaccine. We didn't understand the virus at the beginning or anything else. And I had my members of my team who had, you know, care commitments. So on the one side, I had clients shouting, saying, you need this. My team, not able, you know, not able to cover care commitments. We had no furlough at the start. So you can see that from a leadership perspective, I can talk to you about how I felt at the start of it, and it was tough. Definitely sounds um, complex situation with a lot of juggling going on. There's a massive amount of juggling going on. And, you know, you think about the construction is one of those industries, you know, it's the, the first thing to be affected when anything happens, and it's the last thing to pick up when the rest of the economy picks up. You know, you've got a situation where you've got massive supply chains, you've got lots of people in lots of places, you've got a wide range of stakeholders. So for those people in a leadership position, they would have been feeling exactly like me with all of those different aspects going on. And it's been relentless. So that hasn't given up because things are constantly changing. So I think we are going to have to really talk about how leaders are feeling a lot more because we're asking them to also embrace these power skills that I've been talking about. So things like empathy, listening, all of these kind of things. When there's a little voice in the back of their head going, I'm right at the edge here, <laughs> you know, yeah. this is really hard. It's not something you can talk about without experiencing you've kind of got to go through it because they've got no choice they've just got to keep putting one foot in front of the other and I think we're going to see a lot of those people burn out or we're going to see them leave the industry and leave with all of that experience as well I think that's something we need to remember that stress happens in all levels of the industry or organization I think we just need to make sure that people who have that extra level of responsibility and accountability do have somewhere they can communicate as well as well as leadership roles and lower end levels of the organization, that there is that two way of communication as well. You yeah. also mentioned previously the use of exit interviews and clearer job roles. Could you also explain on that, please? 
Yeah, this is around, you know, if we start talking, you know, people come to me and say, where do I start with all of this? And in terms of how we manage stress and mental well-being within an organisation, it's got to do with how the organisation is actually structured in the first place. I always refer everybody to a publication called the HSE Talking Toolkit. And the HSE actually published a talking toolkit specifically for the construction industry. So if you Google HSE talking toolkit for construction, it will come up. So that's a really useful document that shows why and how people are more likely to suffer from stress in the workplace. But we know that we need to provide much more flexible working conditions than we have done in the past which again gives stress to those people at the top of the organization to to kind of build that structure within it but we've got to give the climate that we're in at the moment with all of these different things going on we've got to build that trust and we've got to give people more flexibility in terms of their roles um I've always been a huge advocate for um, part-time work I don't believe part-time work is part of a career and I think we really need to reinvent what we talk about in respect of part-time work as well so traditionally part-time work has always been seen as a as for women I think men need to embrace part-time work much more than they have done particularly I'd also like to see more organisations embrace part-time work for their very senior roles. So if you think of, of everything that a director or someone in a C-suite position will do, these are massive roles with huge amounts of responsibility. And then we come back to the stress that that leader's carrying at the moment. So why does it have to be on the shoulders of one person? If you've got two people that can work really closely together, you know, these are the things of the future that I'd like to be amazing if, if business can kind of reinvent itself and be much more people focused than it has been in the past. Yeah, I guess it's just the ability to share the responsibility, share the workload, just to reduce the stress load. Yeah. It's quite interesting how we see part-time work in some industries, but then it kind of like disappears within mm-hmm. different industries. Quite interesting. Yeah, I think in the construction industry, it's not been traditionally something that's embraced for more senior roles or for site level roles you're far less likely to find you know good part-time work Um, and I think a lot of that if, if we think about the broader construction industry a lot of people travel long distances for their work they're working on sites away from home potentially and that makes it a really tricky scenario to build in I don't have all of the answers but I do think if we can be a bit more people focused the people who have the answer the people who are doing the work probably but if we can talk to those people say you know let's come together and work out how we can do this together I think yeah if we can all embrace part-time work and I think if men felt they could have part-time roles and it wasn't going to impact on them personally that's how we can achieve a greater gender balance as well potentially in construction and not just see it as you know women's prerogative to have part-time and but men can do it too 
men want to look after their families and spend more time with their families as well. I guess it's just moving forward how we see the industry to be and just kind of adopting new ways of working. Yeah. I think just as you mentioned before, just communicating, learning where the issues lie and then trying to learn from there. Moving on to our next point, do you believe the industry needs to promote mental health similar to that of CDM? See, I love talking about CDM, Joseph. That's probably another podcast. <laughs> another one for another day. Yeah, another another one for another day. So I love talking about CDM. So I grew up with CDM regulations. I was working for the cooperative back in 1994, probably well before you were born. <laughs> back in 1994, so we were. I was in, heavily involved in story development work and refurbing older stores as well. So I would look at the health and safety design of a store and I would look at that store and say well these are the issues that might affect health and safety and actually I was looking at it from a food safety perspective and pollution perspective as well at the time because I was an ex-EHO so that was when I really started to be interested in how we can use design to eliminate risk because if quite often I'd come up with some clever ways of looking at things and work with the design team, work with the people that were going to use that store, we could come up with some really clever solutions that would eliminate risk completely. And for me, that's at the heart of the CDM regulations. And I'm a big fan of those regulations. How we've implemented it and you know enforced it is another issue <laughs> for another time. But that's at the heart of the CDM regulations. And when we're talking about mental health and psychological health, I bring people back to that concept of how for physical health and safety, you know, the first thing we do in our hierarchy of risk control is how do you eliminate risk? For me, design is all about design. So psychological health and safety is no different. So back to our jelly scenario, if we can eliminate risk of psychosocial health and safety by good design, that's the first thing that we should do. By this, I mean how we design our organisations and our businesses. So, you know, how we create a culture of where everybody's voice is heard, you know, where people can work in a way they can bring their whole selves to work, they can work hard, they'll be more productive, but they have clear boundaries, they understand their roles, they are in a supportive environment. And so for me, organisational design is everything. And so my challenge to health and safety professionals is to look at psychosocial health and safety in the same way that you would physical health and safety and that jelly starts to set there and it gets easier to manage. I love the example there of the jelly. <laughs> so do you think we'll start seeing new job roles in looking after like psychological aspect of it or do you think the people currently maintaining the physical aspects will kind of adopt that? Well, that's a good question, Joseph. Will there be new job roles? So the other thing, I don't like silos and labels and things like that either. For me, the modern health and safety professionals should be a facilitator. So we've got the risk owners, if you like, who are the people doing the job, you know? So our job is to influence their perception of their own personal risk. And at the end, that is what we do. 
we've got some amazing you know I'm not a psychologist by any stretch I'm not going to pretend to be a psychologist and there's some great occupational psychologists out there who can provide guidance and support in terms of how you risk assess this stuff will there be new positions in respect to mental health I'm sure that there will we know that we need to give middle managers in particular more support on how to recognize when people are suffering potentially suffering from mental health how to deal with that within their roles so I think the answer is we we probably will see more expertise coming in I'd like to see that the modern health and safety professional will adapt to that because at the end of the day we don't influence what goes on business calls the shots and say you know they are our customers you know they tell us what their priority is so their priorities are changing and they recognize this is important as well so out of that I think our expertise will change and develop and move forward and we'll be relying on you know occupational psychologists and their expertise as well it's about working together and it's about working with the HR team. It's about working with operations. It's the ultimate team sport, Jason. Love that. So it seems like training is definitely going to be a future aspect for mid-level managers and just yeah. kind of like adopting new psychological approaches for the organisation as a whole. Yeah, so- because I, I, it is really difficult, you know, when and, and I recognise this as a, you know, as an employer myself, is that people's mental health is not just affected by work but actually you know as an employer I shouldn't have to worry about what goes on outside of work but people bring it into work and if they're bringing that into work they can't you know they may not be working safely so it becomes an occupational health and safety issue so we need to think broader than that I feel and it is really difficult to have conversations and I think you know managers need to be given the confidence to have conversations and they need to understand the boundaries of those conversations and when they need to refer the person for potentially clinical support or some other external support but it lots of managers are afraid of this and so we've got to deal with that elephant in the room as well we've got to talk about it definitely as well as like spending over half our day working it's obvious a lot of these issues are going to overlap and carry across into our jobs so I was wondering do you have any final remarks for our audience or any top tips that you would like to wrap the episode up with Uh, my top tip is you know something it's all about people and and if we have learned anything is just how we've learned about how connected we are right now from those on the shop floor through to directors in c-suite it is all about people so if we put our people first they're going to solve these complex issues that we have right now we will come out of it stronger than we could have ever imagined so I love that. Be, so people, just first put people first you kind of find like when you put people first a lot of the other issues kind of resolve themselves 100 percent. so it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you today louise thank you very much for joining us on the podcast thanks Jason. thank you